Hi everyone and welcome along to the Ergonomically Speaking podcast, the podcast that aims to help you reduce and even eliminate work-related discomfort. I'm your host Neve Pentney of Boyne Ergonomics. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really hope that you're able to take away some useful practical advice from this podcast to help you reduce your own risk of discomfort at the workplace or help manage the risks among the people that you might be responsible for. So now that we know I'm here, let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome along to another episode of the Ergonomically Speaking podcast with myself, Neve Pentony of Boyne Ergonomics. In this episode, I'm going to be talking to you about ergonomics in the world of retail and why it's something you should be paying attention to if you work in this sector. The title of this episode is Enhancing Retail Success Through Ergonomics. The reason I picked that title as we're going to go on to talk about if you can get workplace ergonomics right in the retail space, it will pay dividends in managing and retaining your employees, in creating a positive customer experience, and therefore really enhancing that customer loyalty. And those two factors can really, really help towards maintaining a successful retail business. That's why I chose that title for this episode, and that's what we're going to go on to talk about. In retail, it's all about efficiency. It's all about customer satisfaction and employee well-being. And this is where ergonomics can really help and play a pivotal role. From optimizing employee performance, enhancing customer experience, it can really, really shape your business if you're in the retail sector. Here in Ireland, the retail sector is Ireland's largest sector and it employs approximately 270,000 people. And that's a lot of people to be looked after. In 2019, it was reported that the wholesale and the retail sector accounted for 13.5% of non-fatal workplace injuries. And it was the second highest sector for worker and non-worker accidents. So a lot of space, a lot of room for improvement. When we look at retail workers, when you read through the research, the most commonly reported issues tend to be muscle strains, low back injuries, upper back injuries, tendonitis injuries, carpal tunnel syndrome, rotator cuff injury, so the shoulder, epicondylitis and trigger finger. And what is it though? What is it about retail tasks that pose such a risk to employees? That's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to talk to you about different facets of retail ergonomics, including the risks opposed to employees, the impact poor ergonomics can have on the retail employer, and also the customer, and what we can do to change that. So the first thing we're going to look at is what are the ergonomic risks to retail employees? Now, retail environments are quite often fast-paced and can be really, really demanding. I worked in retail myself many moons ago when I was in my late teens, and to be honest, my life, it was a supermarket setting. So we had everything from, you know, alcohol, deli, your standard supermarket, quite big. And my lasting memory of it really was how busy it was, how physical it was, constantly on the go. I used to really look forward to my break times so I could just go down to the staff room and sit down for a few minutes. Um, really, really physical, really, really demanding. And what I would say there, I was in my late teens when I did that job. And 
when I was writing this, it sparked a memory to me and it sparked kind of something that might sound familiar to you. So a lot of times, if we're looking at work sectors and people that are at higher risk of injuries, a lot of times we tend to look towards female employees and migrant employees and employees with disabilities. And that's what we tend to look at as generally being at the higher risk of injury. However, I do think in the retail sector, when you think across the whole sector from delivery and you know warehouses right through to the shops, I do wonder if the younger worker might be slightly more at risk. And the reason I say this is often you'll hear in sectors like this, I'll take someone I know who, who's recently finished up in a job in the retail sector. This was a, an older person, we'll say, and there was a lot of heavy lifting involved in restocking shelves. And a lot of times what they would do is get the younger worker to bring to them what they needed to stock up the shelves. So the younger worker will be asked to bring the stock from the back out to the front to the person who would then stock the shelves. Now, this is a minor example, but you kind of get where I'm going here. I find in this sector, a lot of responses, uh, get the young fella to do that. We'll get the young lads to do that for you. So I do kind of wonder a little, as I'm talking through this, if the younger worker may be slightly more at risk in the retail environment. I think that's why it's really, really important that employers get this right. Because yes, they might be seasonal workers while they're on break from school or college. Yes, they might be doing part-time work while they're studying. But getting this wrong can have a really, really big impact on them going forward. It's really, really important to get this right, to protect all the workers that are at risk. But in back of my mind as I'm talking, I do think very much of the younger workers who I feel are given a disproportionate amount of the heavy or the busy work in the retail environment. So anyway, with that said, we'll have a look at the ergonomic factors that pose a risk to the health and well-being of workers. And they can be both biomechanical and environmental. So if we look first at our risk, which you've spoken about before in many podcast episodes, do we have prolonged static postures? Well, yes, we do. People in retail can be sitting or standing for really, really long periods without breaks simply because of the demand. And if you think of, and a very simple one I can think of is your checkout worker. If you're in a supermarket, a lot of the times the checkout workers are seated for a really, really long time until there's either a natural break in the task or until it's their break. And at really, really peak and busy times, they could be seated down for really prolonged periods. Our next risk factor would be awkward postures. And that includes the likes of your leaning, your reaching, your bending, your twisting, your squatting that can be observed in a range of retail tasks. So if you think of replenishing stock, packing bags, um, assembling retail displays. And also, I think this ties in nicely with something else I had been kind of thinking about and discussing with somebody was uniforms. A poor fitting uniform or a uniform that does not have the range of movement in it or the stretch in it to facilitate the movements needed to complete tasks can also contribute to awkward and restrictive postures. We'll kind of come on to that later. Another factor is overexertion. And what I mean by this is applying high rates of force during tasks, either if you're using a tool or if you're completing manual handling tasks. That can be fatiguing 
that can be tiring and if done quite often can be quite damaging. Repetitive movements are another risk factor that we see in the retail sector. And this can be seen, if you think of it very quickly, like scanning, scanning items, cashier tasks, picking and packing orders, data entry, assembling displays and products. Manual handling is a big risk, big risk in the retail. You're lifting, you're lowering, you're carrying, you're pushing, you're pulling. And these could be boxes or these could be really, really awkwardly shaped loads that maybe don't have handles, don't have grip and be quite difficult to manage. Contact stress is another risk factor. So contact with hard edges. If I think of one um, off the top of my mind that I actually seen someone do the other day was using their hand to bang a lid closed. So actually using your hand as a tool um, and tool handles digging into the skin, digging into the palm of the hand. Exposure to cold. So if you're handling frozen items or if you're working in a cold room, exposure to cold is a risk because obviously this can affect your dexterity and can increase the risk of an injury. And psychosocial risk factors are also present. A lot of people employed in the retail sector might have zero hour contracts. They might have irregular work hours or really long work hours, quite a high workload and negative customer interaction. Especially I, I do feel there is an increase in that just from what I kind of read and, and anecdotally talking to people. There are psychosocial risk factors that exist too. Another one to consider is also your slip, trip and fall hazards. So this could be from obstructions. It could be from liquid on the floor. It could be uneven flooring, bad lighting, distraction when you're carrying a task. So quite a lot of risk factors present in the retail centre. And addressing these risks, it's not just a matter of legal compliance, but it's really, really crucial to making sure that your employees are safe and well and healthy. So we're going to move on now to the cost of poor ergonomics for the employer themselves. So if you are an employer in the retail industry, the cost can be quite significant. So employee absenteeism can be quite a high cost due to injuries. You can have decreased productivity. You can have a lack of trained or qualified staff. If you have people off sick or if you have people leaving the job, you may not have the people you need who are properly trained or qualified to do the job. Then you also have the cost of training new staff. If you have high turnover rates, well, then you've got the cost of recruitment. You've got the cost of training. It can be really, really costly in time and in money. Another area to look at is if the workplace ergonomics are poor, and this is across any sector, you can have decreased motivation or morale among the staff. Maybe they feel like, the employer doesn't care about them. Just once, they're just a number is a, a term I hear used a lot. You can have lower efficiency levels and it's just a general lower quality of work. This can then have a knock-on effect on the customer because they're more likely then to have a negative experience. So this can dent customer satisfaction and loyalty. And another big one to worry about if you are an employer in the retail sector is you could face legal consequences and costs if you fail to provide a safe, compliant and ergonomic work environment. If you are found to be negligent in this area, financially there can be huge costs to this. So investing in ergonomic solutions can help mitigate these risks. And one thing I do find is a lot of employers are slightly wary of bringing in workplace ergonomic assessors 
because they feel they've provided the industry standard tools and therefore that's covered them and they've done what they need to do. But they don't really think about the people that are going to be doing the job. And I think they do fear that bringing in a workplace ergonomic assessor is going to cost them a lot of money and it's going to lead to some very, very expensive recommendations. But I think what should always be remembered is this job is very demanding, it's very busy. We've listed all the risk factors there. And definitely employers should view getting ergonomic assessors in to identify the risks and make recommendations as an investment. Yes, there may be an initial cost, but the gains in the long term will be much, much bigger. And what about the customer? What impact can poor ergonomics have on your retail customer? Well, customer experience is the cornerstone of retail success. And I will say I did a podcast episode recently with the wonderful Deirdre Martin, who is actually a customer experience expert based here in Ireland. And her area is all about customer experience. And it was really um, eye-opening having a chat with her. But it is the cornerstone of retail success. If your customers are loyal, if your customers are happy, you will be successful. However, as I mentioned briefly above, poor ergonomic design in the workplace can indirectly impact them. If your employees are fatigued, if they're uncomfortable, well then their ability to engage with customers might suffer. You have low service, a lack of attentiveness and even negative interactions between the employee and the customer because the employee might just be struggling physically and mentally. And ultimately, if this has a negative impact on the customer's experience. Yes, it is going to impact customer loyalty. And do you know what they're going to do? They're going to tell people. If somebody has a negative experience in the retail space or in any space, what do they do? Tell their friends. They tell their family, listen, to hear to me what happened in the shop earlier on. You wouldn't believe what she said to me. So if a customer has a negative experience in your retail space, they're going to tell people and that can have a huge knock-on effect. So really, customer experience is intrinsically tied to the well-being of your employees. So what can we do? What can we do to improve the ergonomics in the retail space? What I'm going to do, it's all, as you know, ergonomics and human factors, as I've said before, it's all about fitting your task, your environment, your service, your product to the end user. So in this case, it's your employee. It's not your customer, it's your employee. Yes, to a little bit of an extent, the customer too. The employee should be your focus if you are a retail employer. So as a starting point, risk assessments should be conducted by a competent person, be the internal or external, to identify the risk factors present in the workplace that could contribute to an employee developing an injury, musculoskeletal discomfort or negative stress response. These inspections and assessments should be kept up to date. So doing it once when the shop opens and never looking at it again for years is not enough. They should be kept up to date and they should be reviewed when there's any changes to location, to people, to process or to equipment. So if I think about it just in terms of my own local supermarket, they have recently undergone a huge renovation. And there is a part of me is curious that firstly, were the employees consulted or is this a top-down instruction? And has the risk assessments been updated since that renovation has taken place? Hard to know. But employees should be consulted at each step because as we're saying, we're trying to fit the task, environment, service, product to the 
employee, then you have to bring them in because they will give you incredible insight and feedback on things that you hadn't thought of that impact how they work and how they feel. So always, always include the employee. Participatory ergonomics is what we call it. Always bring in the end user. So once your risk assessments are complete and all your factors have been identified, well, then your aim as an employer is to reduce these factors down as low as you possibly can. So some general control measures include looking at equipment, so your manual handling equipment, maybe power feed converters at the checkouts, height adjustable work surfaces, adjustable seating, training. So having a really good onboarding process to make sure that everyone gets trained on all relevant tasks and equipment, that this training is recorded so you know when you need to update it. And it should be provided for all tasks, all equipment, whether they say they've done it before or not. Workstation layout and environment. So make sure, for example, you have good light levels. Um, anything that's used quite frequently should be within easy reach to reduce bending and reaching. Work tasks and organizations. So try to mechanize or automate any repetitive functions. Work with suppliers even, for example, to get lighter boxes to reduce the weight or be able to change how much of each item is in a box. Observe the workflow and, if necessary, reorganize it. And make sure people have the option to do other tasks during the day. That somebody is not coming in for an 8, a 10, a 12-hour shift and doing the same task over and over and over. There has to be variety. There has to be a chance for natural breaks and natural changes in tasks to give the body a break. As I mentioned briefly, another thing you can look at is clothing. Make sure appropriate footwear and clothing is provided. It should allow for unrestricted movement and layers should be provided for people, you know, who might be warm or cold so that everyone can feel comfortable in the temperature that they're working. And that, that can look different for everyone. And I do find the clothing and the uniforms is a really interesting area. So I remember a local shop to me that used to have a uniform that was a shirt and even back in my own retail days my uniform was a shirt I remember it actually I think it had green stripes with small red stripes and it was white but I remember it being incredibly uncomfortable even though it was my size it was incredibly uncomfortable Um, it gapped at the chest so I always had to wear something underneath it and it did it restricted my reach when I would reach forward to get something I could feel it pulling on my shoulders. So then I had to adopt an awkward posture to try and complete a very simple task. And I remember speaking to someone recently in a shop where they got new uniforms. I hadn't been in in a while. And I went back to see them and they used to have the shirts, gorgeous, gorgeous shirts. And I went back to see them and they were in polos, polo tops. And again, they were lovely. And I was having a chat with the girls about their, their uniforms and most of the girls were quite happy. They were like, oh, it's so comfortable. It's so I feel so much more relaxed. I have much more movement. I really, really prefer this. But there was one worker who was hating the new uniform because she felt that it looked less formal. That when she used to put on the old uniform, she used to feel like she was going to work because the clothes felt more formal than what she would wear outside of work. And that was bothering her. Even though it was more comfortable allowed for much freer movement 
and much kind of more relaxed temperature control people they felt it was breathable so it's a very interesting thing there is always a conflict with uniforms between what looks right for the image that you're trying to portray versus what's comfortable for the user so i would always say like participatory ergonomics if you're going to provide a uniform if you're going to change your uniform get samples in and consult your workers and try and find a balance could we have different uniform options for different people but make sure that whatever you pick for them is comfortable and allows for unrestricted movement now what are the benefits so if you go through all the risk assessment process and if you're bringing those changes and i will say the changes listed are very very general it's just an outline of the areas you would look at to change obviously the actual specific changes will be very different from retail environment to retail environment and based on risks that we identify. Those are just some general overview guidelines. But what are the benefits? If you go through this process of risk assessment and making these changes, what are the benefits? So if you look at the employees first, your end user, your focus point, by implementing an ergonomic program, well, firstly, it demonstrates genuine commitment to employee welfare and well-being you make them feel cared for you make them feel wanted you make them feel respected for example by providing just with workstations ergonomic tools training good uniforms well then they're less likely to experience injuries and discomfort so they're more likely to be you know productive and efficient it can foster higher job satisfaction it can increase morale a sense of value and this can lead to higher retention rates and overall well-being now, what it can also do is if you have employees and you're, and you know, the, the, especially in a growing business, your business is growing. If you look after your employees in every sense, and then you're trying to grow and you're trying to hire staff, it's much easier because a lot of people will apply for jobs. And if they know somebody in the job, well, they're going to ask them, what do you think? How do you find it? And if your employees are, are portraying this positive image of being employed by you in the retail space and you're a good employer and you look after them and, oh, you know, I had this issue and they got someone in, they sorted. Oh, I was having this problem with uniform, but it was no big deal. We got it sorted. It's going to make it a kind of place where people want to work. So it'll actually make hiring much easier because people talk, you know, so it's going to make it much easier. That's your employee benefits, although I skipped into the employer a little bit. So what are the benefits to the employer? Well, look you're going to gain hugely. So a healthier workforce, it's going to directly translate into fewer sick days, fewer absenteeism, reduced turnover. You're going to have then lower cost of recruitment, lower cost of training. You're going to have enhanced productivity, improved employee performance. And these are all like natural outcomes. You don't have to make them happen. And also, as I said, if you prioritize the well-being of your employees, they're going to tell people you're going to get a really good reputation and you're going to find it much, much easier to attract people that you want to work for you and also to attract customers because your staff are going to be happy, happy staff, happy customers. And that brings us on to the customer. So happy employees create a much more positive and welcoming atmosphere for your customers. If they're engaged, they're more likely to provide good service, answer queries with enthusiasm or if they don't know the answer, maybe try and find the answer and assist the customers more effectively. They feel valued. If the customer feels attended to, they're more likely to come back. 
And also, spread the word. Word of mouth is crucial. Tell their friends, tell their family how great the shop is or if they hear of somebody looking for something that you provide, oh, I know X and Y, oh, they're really good when they're the staff are so helpful. Huge knock-on effect. So, in conclusion, I don't feel that the significance of workplace ergonomics and retail can be overstated. Do I feel it's under-addressed and overlooked? Yes, I do a little bit. And I don't know whether this is a hangover from COVID where the, the kind of focus shifted, but I do feel sometimes in retail, the focus is on the customer, which is obviously important. You need your customer loyalty to grow, but you need your employees to be happy and healthy and well to attract and keep those customers. So I do think it's slightly overlooked sometimes and it can be a bit of a cookie cutter approach to retail ergonomics. By being proactive and addressing the risks, you can create an environment where employees are thriving, where they prosper, where your customers are happy. And it just has a hugely, hugely positive benefit on your business. And the, let's be honest, the retail landscape, like all landscapes at the moment, is it's changing, it's growing, it's evolving. And keeping an eye, embracing ergonomics can help you adapt to these changes in a safe and healthy way for your employees, providing lasting growth and prosperity in your business. So I leave it there for today. As always, the blog post that has all the sources and the links can be found on my website and I'll put the link to that in the show notes. All my social media details are in the show notes if everyone wants to give me a follow. And of course, if you want to reach out to me, of course you can message me via social media or send me an email if you want to. Always delighted to hear from you guys. Happy for your feedback. Anything you want me to cover in the future, please reach out and let me know. And until the next time, guys, everybody stay well.